Ladies and gentlemen, now hosting the Rizzo cast, put your hands together for Steven Risotto. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to episode number 78 of Rizzo cast. I'm Steven Risotto along with Jasper Lindsay. And today we are joined by the wonderful Marissa Gonzalez. She writes for uh, she writes baseball for Sports Rants and covers the Giants for 49ers Gold Mine. It is a pleasure to have her here. Marissa, what's going on? Welcome. Uh, you know, a, a little bit of a kind of sad day looking at the standings this morning, but you know what? We're going to keep, we're ignore that for now. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> but you know, it's a good morning overall. Yeah, I mean, Giants, of course, uh, and the headline that I wrote last night, which I got a re- reply that completely disagreed on Twitter, but I said skid, or I think I said skidded or tumbled. Tumbled was the was the headline that I used. I don't know if tumbled is the right word, but the Giants have lost four straight. It's the second time all year they've done that. They've played some really bad baseball the past few days. They've run into a few pitchers that are amazing, granted. Uh, but what have you seen kind of from this team this this last maybe week or so with, with the baseball that they've been playing? You know, it's I feel like it was so easy to kind of get used to the really exciting stuff that we were seeing for a minute there. I mean, I don't yeah I I would think tumble to the fine words. It's not like it like really just kind of have like yeah, that's kind of what it's been there's just been a lot of missed opportunities and it's kind of frustrating but also i fully think that things i've seen from this team earlier in the season we'll start to see again and i mean it's only half a game right now so right now we're at the best position we can <laughs> you know what also too the pressure is a little bit off though off of the giants because hey well Obviously, pretty much everybody, first of all, wasn't expected to be there. And Naval was like, okay, well, at some point, the Dodgers are going to retake the lead or whatever. Um, and they have for now. But again, the pressure's off. And, you know, I think that will be really going forward out of this slump here. Yeah, and getting back to the exciting baseball they have been playing this season, what were your expectations for this team at the beginning of the year, like in spring training? I mean, very low. <laughs> Like, it wasn't, like, I, I didn't think it would be terrible, terrible, but, you know, I just figured it was going to be um, just kind of another year of rebuilding, just seeing what was out there, especially with all the craziness that went on last year. Um, you know, just kind of people were going to be able to set settle into the team, and obviously with Kapler out there uh, for a full season. Um, but I didn't have crazy high expectations at all. Again, I didn't expect it to be terrible, but I figured the Dodgers would run away with it players, signings, all that, they were going to be kind of the two that were going to go off. But happily surprised, <laughs> very surprised. Um, but, you know, yeah, so I my expectations were not high. Yeah, and another guy who's really exceeded expectations this year has been Brandon Crawford. How key is he going to be for the Giants down this stretch? Just in general, between Brandon and Posey, just like all of these, you know, veteran guys that it's like, oh, they're kind of old now. Like, are they really going to yeah. do anything? But it's like they're really out here, like showing out that, okay, 
yeah, like we have Chris Bright and now, yeah, we have all these other cool people, but don't forget about the power of Brandon Crawford and Buster Posey. That's going to be huge. That's been, I think, one of the most exciting parts about this season because it's like, guys, not have fallen off or anything like that. It's like, they're showing more like their performances that we've seen in past years. And I think that's really exciting to see again from them. And and what's it kind of like with, with Crawford? Cause I know he just signed the two year extension with the giants and they, they kind of mm-hmm. ventured out and he's the first guy from their core that they've kind of locked up. Uh, and you know, I guess it kind of ensures based on the public persona that he's going to be a giant for life. And this is a cool story. He's a hometown kid, East Bay guy, grew up going to, you know, Giants games, season tickets, you know, and all that. And I mean, it's a really, really cool story. So just kind of, and it's not the end yet, but I mean, I guess we could do some <laughs> reflection on Brandon Crawford, right? I mean, so what yeah. was it? What, I mean, his career's just been so spectacular. Two rings. What's it been like to watch this guy day in and day out? Brandon Crawford is, I mean, I don't think there's a question that guy's great. Of course, Giants fans have loved him for years. And yeah, just the whole story about him, like that picture of him when he's like, how's he like you or something? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah That yeah. picture is just so cool. And like, it's just, it's always really cool, like with any, to see a player like that, that grew up, uh, you know, rooting for the team and all of that. That's always a really cool story. And then Brandon has just been you know, crazy. Brandon is so cool. <laughs> but it's just been, it's been so nice because I feel like that's why sometimes it's easy to forget too. Like even in the Giants down seasons where maybe things aren't that great, you still have guys out there like Brandon Crawford who are, are going to make plays every now and then. And it's like, oh, wait, we have some, we have some cool pieces going on here. This is really cool. Uh, Brandon's great. And again, just to see him really step into that, that power again, more than we have recent years going back to like his throwback form it's really cool and yeah Brandon is a huge piece and I yeah so to know that that's going to be here for the long run and again for basically his career there you go yeah yeah and I want to ask about the other Brandon too because he finally broke 20 home runs this year and I mean I don't know (laughs) what are the Giants going to do with him in the (laughs) offseason I don't know. I just, of course, there's a group of people that wanted to see him gone for years and years and years now. And it's like, at this point, you know, yeah. I don't know. I like, I breaking 20 home runs. You know, again, another guy come back uh, this season and really showing more power, kind of going off again, dealt with injury, which is kind of standard for him. He's back. And I don't know. No, I, I'm just like this far into it. Are we going to get rid of him at this point? I don't know. I kind of don't see it happening, but who knows? Yeah. Because now Zaid is here and Zaid doesn't play. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Finally, the 20 home runs. Like Giants Twitter has been <laughs> on fierce. him for his entire career. And he finally <laughs> did it. He finally you know? did it. it. It's amazing. Better than ever. Glad he's doing it while he's still wearing a Giants uniform. Yeah, he right. does it in his last year. That's <laughs> so classic. It's just hilarious. Um, but I mean, you mentioned Gabe Kapler. Uh, Gabe Kapler for me is has been the biggest, the biggest transformation I've seen. Because like, I mean, when he was first hired on, people hated the move. Hated the move. They hated. You know, whatever the situation was in L.A., they didn't like how he handled it. 
They didn't like his managerial style in Philadelphia. They didn't like that. I don't know. They just didn't like him. He, he was not well liked when he was first hired. And man, has he completely transformed that narrative. He's now in the conversation, I guess, for managerial, you know, manager of the year. How can you really choose any other manager for that award? So Gabe Kaplan, what do you think about his performance this year to kind of propel this team to, uh, you know, be contenders when nobody thought that they would be? I actually read an article about the whole thing about people wanting to for manager of the year. But yeah, you know, it's crazy because I, I was I was ready and I was like, are we really doing this early? But then I was thinking about it and I was like, well, why wouldn't we do this early? Because yeah, yeah, I think myself along with probably the majority of Giants fans didn't have super high expectations for what was going on, especially considering how competitive the NL West is in general. And again, obviously a team like the Dodgers and then a team like the that's really coming up and really getting a lot for them. And so, okay, on the shuffle. And then again, Kapler here and really not only exceeded expectations, at least for me, but just the way that he's been able to bring this team up to not only exceed expectations, but again, for how long was it that they were top of the NL West record of baseball? Like, that's crazy. Like, you, you told me at the beginning of the season, like, okay, maybe they're going to do a little bit better than I expected, but there's no way. Like, what? And so I, like, obviously it doesn't all fall on just the team or just all on Zaidi, which a lot of people just give credit to that. Um, you know, which is true. Of course they deserve credit. But at what point is it like, okay, well, Kapler's here now. And Kapler's the one making a lot of these, you know, in the moment decisions. And because, yeah, a lot of the problem was that people were not were a big fan of his managerial style. And, you know, I, I think in some ways he still has a tendency to kind of overmanage and, you know, in some aspects, but also he's gotten a lot better just throughout this season that we've seen him. He's gotten so much better. And I think he does a really good job of listening to criticism and listening to his players and adjusting to it. And that, that shows in the success that they've had. And he's jacked too. Yeah. <laughs> For no reason. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Man, but you mentioned Farhan Zaidi. And I mean, what are you seeing as far as the culture he's brought to SF that's different from a Brian Sabian or a Bobby Evans? It's like night and day. Like, it's crazy because I think obviously there was so much like, like before it was just all about like a lot of nostalgia and like, you know, obviously keeping guys around for what they've done. But then it's like, okay, but at what point do we need to part with these players, appreciate what they've obviously done, bringing in, uh, you know, several rings, three rings. And, but also it's like, okay, but what are we doing right now? Like, how is that going to propel us right now? And Zaidi has really been the one to be able to kind of like rip that bandaid off and be like, okay, like, cool, but we gotta, we gotta move on now. Um, and you know, again, a lot of that's like a adjustment for fans too, because it's like, wait, what do you mean we're not bringing Hunter Pence back for like the third time? Like, what do you mean? Like, what? <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's obviously, again, it shows the success that the Giants have had moving forward that obviously these are moves that needed to be made. And it's just, I, I feel like I just trust more of what Zaidi's doing. And like, I, like, you know, I don't understand it. I'm not Zaidi. I'm not out here, you know, with all the information that he has. But I know that whatever moves he makes or doesn't make, it's for the best interest 
for the future of the team and not just right now. He's thinking about the entire picture, the bigger picture. And I, I mean, I think he's great. I think that's another thing when he first hired on, I think just because he was like from LA, everybody's like, what are we doing? But he's been, yeah, we don't like him. (laughs) He's, he's been great. And he's just continued to prove himself time and time again. Yeah, no, 100%. And the, the funny thing about him is that he does manage or not manage, but he manages. Well, yeah, kind of, I guess, manages. He manages a roster and he does it like yeah. a fantasy football team. It's like amazing. Yeah. Like Jason Vossler, like poor guy. <laughs> I mean, Jason Vossler's constantly getting shuffled up and down. I mean, I don't know. Strata's like, another guy. Yeah, his apartment, like the plants probably in his apartment are like so inconsistently watered. Estrada, yeah, I mean, it's kind of amazing to watch John Brevia. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's crazy how he shifts these guys back and forth, and it works. It somehow works. Right. Um, one guy that he shipped to San Francisco, and you have the shirt on right now, Chris Bryant <laughs> from the Chicago Cubs, the much de- uh, the much needed uh, trade deadline bat, and honestly, he fits so perfectly on this team. I think he's hit really well since coming over. I don't know about the the re-sign. I guess maybe we'll get to that after. But what kind of shot in the arm has Chris Bryant given the Giants? I mean, I've wanted Chris Bryant on the Giants for years. And (laughs) obviously now is the first time that it genuinely made sense, not only for him, but for the Giants in general. Like, it made so much sense. Again, that was another thing, Um, you know, because obviously that was – there were a lot of things that uh, Giants fans were trying to do on the trade deadline day. But – that was the one thing that I was like, okay, if anything happens, I just hope that it's Chris Bryant coming. And but again, though, I was like, okay, if he does come, then I I knows I you knows what he's doing. If he doesn't, though, I understand the picture that he's seeing that I'm not seeing because I just want a cool player on our team. <laughs> but, so I like I trusted the process either way, and just like the way that he's fit in has been like so great. It looks like he's been a giant his whole life. And it was, like he's even said things similar to that. Like it's just like he fits so well, not only with like obviously the way he's perfect brought that extra energy to the team, but I just feel like he also fits in with the dynamic of the team and like of the team right now. And yeah, who I guess we'll see about resigning, but for right now it's great. And obviously um well especially now that we've tumbled off the NL West lead. <laughs> He's going to be a great help for that push for now the rest of September and going into October, hopefully. So, yeah, it's a huge, a huge win for us. Yeah, and the fans love him, too. And, I mean, speaking of yeah. fans, it's kind of interesting to see this whole thing with the Mets going on because, I mean, in San Francisco especially, like, the fans just love the players no matter what. But you get out to the East yeah. Coast, you get to Philadelphia, you get to Boston, you get to – That's rough. The Mets. <laughs> They will boo you. So, I mean, I want to, yeah, what are your thoughts on the whole thumbs down thing? And is Javi Baez in the wrong here? I don't, I don't even know. It's just like, it's, I guess, yeah, it is just so weird to me because like trying to would would think of like doing stuff like that. I just, I just, I will never get the concept of like, I get, you know, there are some people on your team that you eventually don't like, I don't, for whatever reason, but like, I just can't picture myself like sitting at a game and I'm like, oh, I'm so excited to head out to the yard today. And then whoever comes out and I start, like, just, I, it's crazy to me, but I get that, like, yeah, back east, that's like a lot of what their fans do. 
Um, I, so I don't know. I don't. I mean, I guess he's just trying to figure out how to navigate it, but it's just the whole thing is so weird to me. It's so funny, and I mean, especially yeah. now you have the GM getting pulled over for a D. That's or just yeah. Happen. Like, There's what are we doing? Do yeah, I mean, it's the the weird thing about like the the whole thumbs down thing, and like like you just mentioned, like who goes to like a game looking to boo i mean first right. of all like if a if a player makes a mistake like i feel like my boo him for that. yeah my instinct okay. as a fan would to be like ah like right. I mean, that's what they you don't I, just go you suck like i mean it's it's <laughs> ah. so i mean i don't it, it just doesn't make any sense and i mean I, that was a topic that we had to ask you about because <laughs> uh but yeah no it was it was definitely a New York Met thing to happen. And I was just thinking yeah. about that when you were talking and Jasper was asking the question, Giants have not had a player like Javi Baez or Francisco Lindor. Like they just have not had a personality like that. Like Mauricio Dubon, like really? Like does he fit the mold? I don't think he's good enough to to like claim that personality and like yeah. be known as, you know, an energetic guy like Lindor and Baez both are. So Yeah, but that's also what makes Chris Bryant so perfect for San Francisco is he's the most humble guy and like he fits. Exactly. You look at Posey, you look at Crawford, they have never been like divas. It's crazy to see some of the players in the LB who think they're bigger than the game. Yeah. True. <laughs> Absolutely. A hundred percent. Um you also wrote about something a few months ago, and and it's oh, a oh god, <laughs> Trevor like, I actually Bauer. hated this piece that you did. Yeah, oh, Trevor, okay, Trevor Bauer. Um, yeah, I it's a really, and I guess it's still it's still kind of relevant because they keep uh they keep pushing back his administrative leave, which is the stupidest thing. Yeah. Just like, I mean, he's not coming back. That's just. Right, all there is to it. it. <laughs> so, I mean, what is what is kind of your thoughts initially? Because I know you have some on how the Dodgers handled it. Yeah, I just well, the initial reaction was just like it was stupid to me because this was right when they were starting to clamp down on you know pitchers using all the stickiness and all that. And uh, I can't think of the pitcher's name, but the first pitcher that got suspended for it was like obviously like immediate. And then, um, you know, the Trevor Bauer stuff comes out and it was like days, like it was like way too long. And I'm like, okay, if you're going to freak out about, you know, pitchers using this stuff and you're going to enforce that rule, cool, fine. But like, how are you also going to let this just sit? Because it was like, um, I believe it was like 4th of July weekend. He was supposed to start and um, somebody, I don't remember if it was Dave Roberts or whoever, it, again, it had been like a couple days, and he was like, yeah, well, like, we haven't heard anything different, so he's still expected to start on the 4th of July, and I'm like, why isn't it, like, I get there's, you know, there's different details that need to be sorted out, I get that, also there's investigation that happened, but why can't you just say, even if it's the next day, I mean, I feel like it came out, like, in the morning, like, why can't you, the, the end of that day or the next day, be like, okay, regardless of what, you know, the MLB is saying, as Dodgers, as an organization, you can choose, you know, whatever whatever you need to do to get this player off, say you're putting him on the IL or whatever, like, find a way to, like, this is not okay. And especially, you know, with the stuff that's happened in the past, which is a lot of what people were upset about with Kapler, it's like, okay, well, now this stuff has already been a part of history in your pattern so do something to change that now don't wait on you know rob manfred to figure out what's going on because who knows how long that's gonna take but you know so like do do what you can because that is your picture at the end of the day so you can figure out what to do with it 
And, you know, the MLB is going to launch their own investigation or whatever. But I just thought it was like, it just, it didn't make sense to me. Like, how are you going to be so quick to suspend a pitcher for, um, you know, whatever he had? But then at the same time, you're going to let Trevor Bauer fly. Again, whether it was true or not, take a stand and show that you care. Like, it just, it makes it on the Dodgers and the MLB's part. It just didn't make sense. Yeah, and I think it was a bad move by Dave Roberts altogether. And I think he let his yeah. competitive edge get the best of him there. Because, what, his team's struggling. He wants to get one of his best pitchers that he signed in the offseason out there. But, obviously, you can't ignore this stuff. And it was just a bad right. look to the Dodgers organization as a whole, especially after the Kapler thing. Exactly. I yeah. saw, like, it was, like, the one chance you had to redeem yourself. Like, God forbid right? a situation like this even happens. But, yeah, it's your, your one chance to redeem yourself. And Roberts is like, yeah, happy fourth. Trevor Bauer is going to be on the mound today. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's not suspended, so I'll use him. I mean, yeah, <laughs> like, okay, cool, I guess, but no. <laughs> yeah, and then, the, of course, our, our pal in the audience, Stephen Luker, is saying that Hector Santiago is the first one suspended. There we with, go. Uh, sticky stuff, so thank you, Stephen, for that. Uh, love the name, by the way, Stephen. <laughs> um, also, yeah, <laughs> I had to get that in there. Um, now transforming from Bauer to a completely different human being, you have a Thank favorite God. player. I know this is your favorite player probably of all time. Tim Lincecum was my favorite player of all time, too. So, I mean, he is someone that is like, he's, he was bigger than the game for a long time. Cause I always looked at him as like someone who shouldn't look like he's a baseball player, like doesn't look like yeah. he's a baseball player. Someone who just looks like he's a regular guy off the street, you know, that you'd see in a city somewhere. But no, he's, you know, a smaller guy, dominated hitters, had an electric personality. What is it about Tim Lincecum that kind of stands out to you, too? I mean, Timmy's just like that guy. <laughs> like, he's <laughs> just so cool. And yeah, I don't know. It's just like, yes, like he definitely a guy that's bigger than the game, but also a guy that never acted like it. Like, he was never going to sit here and act like, like arrogant or like overconfident, like, he was just a guy, like, I think about um, in 2012, like, coming out of the bullpen, like, how many guys who, you know, given his position and, like, the things that he had done in the past, how many guys and other teams would have been like, well, I'm not coming out of the bullpen. Like, I, that's not that's not me. That's not what I'm here for. And obviously, Timmy was never that way. Like, he was never, he was just going to do what was best for the team, which he did. And so just not only, obviously, his on-the-field performance, but just the way he carried himself and the way that, He's just such a fun, like such a fun player. Like I, I miss, I miss watching him so much. Jasper, do you have any Tim Lincecum memories? Uh, I mean, him getting suspended for marijuana was kind of. He didn't get suspended. He did not get suspended. Not suspended, but they they <laughs> pulled him aside. They had a little conversation, saying like a little hey, chat, dude. a little chat, yeah, <laughs> an internal, an internal organizational chat. Um, so that was. <laughs> The the, the best part about that was that they pulled him over and then the cop went up to the window and rolled down the window and just <laughs> got hit with a whiff. So, <laughs> I don't think he was ever the same player after they let him stop. They went a lot. They made him stop. <laughs> if we're being completely honest here. And Marissa's podcast was actually, isn't it let Timmy smoke? Yeah, because that yeah that was the whole point. Like we just wanted yeah. to be like kind of like a fun, more like laid back podcast. And yeah, perfect name. Let Timmy smoke. Actually, what? Uh, now that we're talking about Timmy memories, I met Timmy once, and I was at his first no hitter in San Diego. Oh, Best there you go. Life, I was I at a second. I was at a second no hitter, and I was him for Halloween in 2010. 
Oh. Oh my god. That's pretty damn good. See? Halloween 2010 right there. Watch the podcast <laughs> on No Filter. Had to plug there. Yes, had to plug there. <laughs> epic. Such such an epic <laughs> Halloween costume. That was fake hair, by the way. I couldn't pull the real I, hell, you hair know. off. You can assume that it was fake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's, for... <laughs> That's me. Oh, yeah, we're talking Posey Hall of Fame now. What do you think is his chances? Whoa. Put him in. Put him in today. Put yeah. him in yesterday. Steve's a, Steve's a Posey <laughs> denier. He doesn't think Posey has a shot at the Hall. Okay. What? Cancel. Steve, Whoa. there are clips of you saying, I don't think Posey gets in the Hall. Like, there's proof. Oh, man. We have to cut these together. Well, this is going to be hard to defend myself here. But here, I think it's a few more years. Like, he's very close. He could probably get in today. I wouldn't doubt it. But I still think extra padding would help him. But one thing that I do think would help him is if Yadier Molina retires before him and gets on the ballot faster than him, which Molina's retiring next year, so Posey would have to play right. like another year after that, and Molina gets in, boom, that's a case right there for Buster Posey to get in. So, you know. Molina's yeah. also not batting 300 right now. Like, Posey is still doing Buster Posey stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say mean... that's the difference, too. Like, Molina's just, like, iconic player. Love him. And But Posey is, like, again, like, research of, like, his past Power in the present to the yeah, uh, but I mean, how do you really quantify like a catcher and their contribution to the team because they are kind of the field general out there on the diamond. So I mean, mm-hmm. that's why I guess that's why you see a lot less catchers getting in the hall these days. But yeah, I don't know. I think analytics will probably find some crazy number to show what a catcher means to the team eventually. But right? I think <laughs> they are one of the more underappreciated positions in the league for sure. Of course. And before the season, it's funny. Before the season, I said that he would retire, because I really, I didn't, you know, I could have seen that though. I could have seen that. Yeah. Yeah, because I I didn't know what like I mean. Obviously, when a guy takes a year off, you wonder what that does. Like, you know, you get it used to. Yeah, you get used to spending time at home. You get used to going in the routine. You got the kids around you. Um, right. Like, what would you feel if you go back on the road every single day for six months? Do you ever think like, hey, I would love to go back to like sitting on TV, not having to worry about the time. Uh, so I always wondered how that would affect him. But like, I guess not. He came back a different guy or I guess the <laughs> kind of a blend of what he looked like way back when. Uh, but it, no, it's definitely cool to see. And it leads us into like a bigger picture here. Uh, it, I wanted to ask you about the the three championships. And you mentioned Lincecum's 2012 performance out of the bullpen. That's just the spectacle of what we witnessed, you know, as, you know, people who were who are Giants fans. And like we witnessed the best era ever in Giants franchise history. And I was just wondering, what was kind of your favorite moment from that run? I okay. the first thing uh, there's like a million, I'm sure. Yeah. The first thing when you said that, I was thinking, um when Buster Posey was going off against the freaking Cardinals. I remember I was at, I was at, I was at school while that was happening. And I was, like, I had like my phone, like my headphones, like plugged into the radio, like trying to listen. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh my God, what's going on? But yeah, that like, I think like, I don't know if we all do, but like, I kind of have like my favorite world series out of the three. For me, it's 2012. Um, I just, I don't know. It's like, the way that the Giants kept having to come back and kept having to prove themselves, it just, 
it was so like everything went the way that it was supposed to it was like the moment that things were okay well that's not why it was like it came back even more than that like it was just such a fun roller coaster <laughs> crazy ride but 2012 in general was just like everything but like rally zito like god like oh, everything was just so perfect like i could cry like it's just so perfect yeah and how do you stack that three championship run up with like i guess some of the other great dynasties in history like that was something i don't think we'll ever see in baseball again like these teams were just so gritty so. so kind of pieced together like made all the right moves at the right time like you think about guys like marco scudero uh, I'm blanking on another one, but Ryan Thario, he was a hero yeah. in the World Series, too. Like, it's crazy the guys they had and what they accomplished. He's Mero Petit. Yes. Petit. I just, yeah, like, <sighs> Marco Scudero is, like, my favorite person that exists. Like, I just, like, there's so many cool things that came out of it. And, yeah, I think that was what was most exciting about each one was that, you know, it was it wasn't, like, the giants were the favorite to win anything like any sort of there were always teams that were being chosen above them always picked to win above them and so i think that's made each special because all those different standouts uh for the giants in each one it was like the same theme of like they're never the ones that are favored like they're always playing from behind or they're always playing to prove themselves and they continue to do that Again, throughout the years with different people, um, you know, standing out. But it was just, like, so cool that that was still the main story. It was crazy. Yeah, they weren't picked in any postseason series. Like, not not the Braves, definitely not those that Philly team in 2010, not the Rangers who were great right. offensively, not the Reds, not the Cardinals, not the Tigers. I'm going to go through all of them here. The Tigers not were so <laughs> stacked, though. That team was incredible, the amount of what, players which they one? had on that team. The 2012 Tigers. Yeah, I Cabrera, don't know triple crown winner. Yeah, yeah, it was and a triple crown year. 2014, you you know second place. It wasn't the greatest team in the world, but you know got through the wild card game and then got through the Nationals, who had the best pitching staff. Got through the Cardinals again. Ishikawa in the right, the Giants win the pennant, and then yeah. you know, Game Seven, Madison Bumgarner did what he does. Uh, so no, that was an incredible run. I'm uh, surprised they never ended the Dodgers at any point. Like. I think we're yeah. gearing towards that kind of series this year, God. but man, I don't know. Cause we could have, we were talking about this the other day on our banner show. We could have Yankees, Red Sox in the wild card and giants Dodgers in the divisional round. If everything goes right. <laughs> Crazy. You're, you're playing That'd be so exciting emotions. though. <laughs> that would be absolutely insane. Baseball might actually get some viewership this year. Yeah. Man, Manfred is probably on his high horse. Hoping that that happens. So yeah. that, would, that would be pretty incredible. Um, Marissa, you are also an aspiring broadcaster. Is that correct? Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you said my name, I was like, I keep feeling like you was like, tell me I did something wrong or something. Oh, Marissa. Oh, it sounds like the principal's <laughs> office. Yeah. Is that what it sounds like? Too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how did you kind of, how did you kind of like want to go into media uh, you know, what was kind of the the story of how you wanted to uh, how you got started with that? I don't even really know how it came to be, but I think maybe by like my junior year in high school, I was like, all right, like that's what I'm gonna do, and like that was just kind of like my decision. And then it started off to where I was like, okay, 
I specifically only want to pursue sports journalism. And like, that's why that's what I want to do. And, uh, you know, during college and stuff, you start doing a lot more of the, um, like we had, like, I'm sure every school has like the, like the, we had a weekly one, but it was like a weekly news show and like the whole, obviously all the students put it on and stuff. And so through that, I would like do different sports segments during the show and stuff. But then I also started anchoring for the show and it was just like very like hard hitting news. And I was just like kind of in my element. And I was like, wait a minute, like, do I actually, I didn't watch the news. Like I was like, I don't like the news. I don't like like sad stuff. (laughs) But then like once I started really studying it, I was like, wait, I actually really like it. Like I like putting like on like the news voice. Like that's like such a cool, like that's so cool. (laughs) But like, I don't, so now I'm kind of like at the crossroads where I'm like rediscovering like my love of sports journalism. Obviously the love for sports was always there, but now I'm just kind of like, long term do i pursue sports journalism or do i pursue like like broadcast news journalism and my heart tells me sports because i'm like what i love (laughs) but we'll see but you know it's just like the love for both and just like journalism in general it's just been my life for so long now and um yeah i feel old now it's even here the old is as as he Yeah. I'm not allowed to say that I feel <laughs> old on like if I say that on, on if I ever tweet Yeah, that, no, you're not allowed. I would get Dude, let the audience know how old you are real quick, just so we have a little Yeah, how old are you? Me? Yeah. I'm twenty four. No, just kidding. Nineteen. Okay, that's what I figured. Yeah. Nineteen. I'm twenty three. So. I feel old. Yeah. Yeah, well you I got are, two you decades under my belt this year, so <laughs> I'm new to the whole being twenty thing. I'm not sure how I like it thus far. We'll see how it goes. <sighs> what a time. Yeah. I got one more year in my teens. I'm just going to sit back, relax, <laughs> you know. As you um, should, as you should. Enjoy yeah. it, Steve. Yeah. yeah, but Marissa, do you have, like, a dream Enjoy job? Enjoy it as if, as if you're so far off. <laughs> when you're yeah, different. I'm, I'm, I'm literally going to, like, I'm on my deathbed, Jasper. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, Marissa, do you have a dream job? Is there anybody whose job that, like, you want in the, like, you, you see, like, a oh, Like, I always thought that, like. Ken Rosenthal had a good job, but then, like, as I grew up, I was like, God, that's probably the most stressful thing on the planet to, like, talk to all these people. Like, trade deadline Ken Rosenthal, like, must be having, like, five different hernias at once. What's going on? Yeah. So that now I now I go, oh, broadcasting would be fun. So do you have, like, a dream job in the sports industry? My dream job is Angie's old job. <laughs> like, just any sort of, like, silent reporting. Like, that's, like, that would be my dream job. Um, but yeah, Amy G, her, Amy G's old job, uh, Kiana Martin with the 49ers, she does similar stuff. It's just, yeah, like that's like, would love to just be like sideline reporting, interviewing the players and like getting the fans like that inside look. Yeah, de- no, definitely. I sat next to Amy G yesterday in the press box and, um, well, she sat a little over, there was an aisle in between us, but. I have an Amy G story just real quick. So I sat, I, I usually sit in the same kind of different spot. I go a few times at homestand and I sat down and I've never said this like publicly. I've told a few people but I sat down, right. And I'm, I'm writing up. And usually when I get there, I write up the series recap that is in one of the sections that we do. And I'm writing it. I'm sitting there for like 15 minutes and then I get a tap on my back and I hear, I look behind me it's Amy G and like you see her on TV I've seen her on TV growing up 
And I look and my heart rate goes from like zero to like 3000. And I go, well, I can't say no, because that's Amy G. <laughs> and so I go, I, I think I said something like, oh, yeah, bye. I didn't say bye. I said, oh, yeah, I'll go. So I, I walk down and I, I go into the bottom section below her. And I just sit at my computer like this, like traumatized at what just happened. I was like, and she was like, yeah, you could sit over there. There's open spots over there. I was like, oh, okay. yeah. So that was terrifying. And uh, Amy G, definitely, uh, definitely intimidating when you get in her way. But super That's nice. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because so was... she just seems like so nice to see her. But yeah, I could get. Could, yeah, you were telling me that story. Yeah. I get in that context that you'd be like, oh my god, like I'm just gonna leave. <laughs> terrifying. Terrifying. Absolutely <laughs> terrifying. But um, so you're in the San Diego area. Um, what is it kind of like living? Because I feel like everybody has the same consensus. Like living in San Diego is like the best possible thing. Like that good weather. I've been down there a few times recent years. Good weather. You got a baseball team. Uh, you know, California, sunny. I keep going back to the weather. But everything's great <laughs> about amazing. San Diego. So what is it like kind of living in San Diego? So <laughs> I yeah, I actually born and raised in San Diego, which kind of raises the question of like, okay, well, what are you doing here? Um <laughs> like what do you think as like a giant fan and all this stuff? Um quick okay quick side note on that because that's probably going to be the next question that was just because we would always travel a lot vacation a lot when i was younger and we went to san francisco the first time i think when i was like maybe like seven or eight and i just like i loved it like we were just walking around i picked out my dream house and like my dad also pointed out to me now and he's like oh remember you said you were gonna live there I'm like guys yeah, still am but like, i don't know what it was like we had gone to so many different places because like my sister grew up playing travel softball and stuff so like always somewhere and san francisco was the only place that's really like i love it here like when are we going back like can we go back like i got so many like years like i just like needed it around me so that's how i started following their team because that was like around the time that i really started watching sports and all that anyways but back to san diego it's it is a great place to live it's been a great place to grow up um obviously yeah the weather is the main thing but um it's just really like kind of a laid-back city because like obviously you think of like the main big california cities like san francisco which is just like it's whole different vibe la which is gross and then yeah, San Diego, which is just like no, you're not it just, wrong. It is though. It is. It is, I was, really is. I was there this show. summer, and like I was walking on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and I can't tell you like how many oh, like. Oh God. It was disgusting. It really was, and like not to yeah, San Francisco does have disgusting parts, but right, man, every city like, does, but like overall, Hollywood and like you know all that down in that area just. God. Yeah. And so, yeah, like, so growing up in California, like, I go, to, I've been to LA a lot, obviously, because like family's there, or, like friends are there, whatever. It's just not, I don't like it. Anyways, but San Diego is just like, it's very laid back. I feel like it's very quiet. Um, It's so weird. I was trying to explain this to somebody because it's like, obviously, San Diego is like a big city, but it's also kind of like very small. Like, there's only so much going on, like outside of like downtown and like the closer like spending areas it's just kind of like i don't know how to explain it but it's just like it's it's kind of gives you smaller city vibes in certain areas 
but it's just a really laid back place. Obviously, the weather's great. Um, baseball's always been there, but obviously now more local San Diegans are like, you know, at the game. And I'm like, where were you a couple of years ago? Relax. But, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting just having a team like the Padres that's actually doing well and also just having exciting players, like players that people actually want to go out and see. Um, not that exciting for me though, because now when the Giants come into town, tickets are always a little bit more expensive when the Giants come to town, but then it kind of got to the point to where it kind of like leveled out and now tickets in general, are just expensive because it's the Padres now. And so it's like, dang it. Like, can we, can we just go back to having some unknown people for my sake? <laughs> I can get it. But, um, no, it's just, it's a very laid back vibe. It's a super chill vibe. Um, very different from San Francisco, but also way better than LA. <laughs> Okay, so before I get to my next question, we do have some breaking news on the pod. The Mets general manager, Zach Scott, has been placed on leave, and Sandy Alderson will take over as the general manager of the Mets. So that is now back-to-back He gets the Trevor Bauer treatment administrative leave. Back-to-back GMs, the Mets have messed up on It's going to be called the Trevor Bauer leave soon. (laughs) He was placed on the Trevor Bauer leave. Yeah. Okay. But my question was for you, now that you've been able to see Petco and AT&T, which has been your favorite of the two parks? Because they are both beautiful. Oracle. <clears throat> oh, they're both. Oracle, yeah, No, right. Oracle for sure. See, okay, no, because this has always been my complaint about Petco is that they had an opportunity to create that, like, on-the-water experience. And it is right by the water, but it's facing the other way. Like, yeah. Turn, turn it around. Like, we could have just easily pivoted the same lot, and it would have been so much cooler it's really pretty. I like Petco has a lot of the same feel as like San Diego in general. Like I feel like when you go to a game there and you're getting ready to go to a game, it's kind of like you're just going to like a friend's house or something. Like I don't know how to explain it. It's just like you're going to hang out and like obviously watch the game, but it's just like it's a very laid back atmosphere and it like yeah. really encapsulates San Diego really well. Um but of course Oracle, Oracle, you know, by a long but yeah, it's crazy because Petco really had really could have been great. Yeah, Gaslamp District is beautiful, by the way. It I, is. I mean, it we is went down cool. there a few years ago. It was the summer before the pandemic, 2019, and like we took that tram or whatever everywhere. It was mm-hmm. like so perfect. Like we went everywhere with it. We went to like Old Town San Diego. There's like a Old little Town Italy is- there, and like oh risotto. Like we're in, <laughs> I'm in my element. No, but it uh, it was very beautiful for sure. Yeah. All right. So the last question we have for you today before you go is we're going to talk about Slam Diego's demise a little bit here. What do you think <laughs> their chances are of uh, crawling back into that wild card spot? Or do the Reds kind of have it locked up? Welcome to Slam Diego. <laughs> you don't even want to know how many times I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I don't I don't know. See, because like. Like the Padres have the pieces now. But it's like something just still falls short. And especially with like, you know, Tatis, who's been running that charge of Slam Diego and all that, he's been back and forth off the IL. And ultimately, I think he's going to need surgery. And I kind of just think they're prolonging it even more and making it even worse. Um, So I don't know. I just think that could they? Maybe would go any farther than that and be successful? I don't really think so. Yeah, they're so not being the Dodgers in a wild card game. Exactly. So it's like, 
I don't know. I wouldn't completely write them off yet. Um, but well, I don't know because now I'm kind of thinking. I don't know. I don't. I just don't think that they have the tools to like continue on into October. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, think and I think I don't know is the perfect adjective. Or- <laughs> describe San Diego Padres baseball. I mean, it's kind of what it's been it's like just, here for years. It's right, and it's just been so up and down. And like I said, because now it, they really do have pieces where they could, you know, do all this stuff, and it's just something just falls out of that, and it's I'd imagine very frustrating. Yeah, but I think it's funny that you said that you hear San Diego a lot. So uh, <laughs> I mean, the home run chain, what they call it, the swag chain. Yeah, Ugh. exactly. Hey, Marissa, guess what? So much. Slam Diego. There, you heard it again. You heard it again. <laughs> it oh, is fun to say. It is fun to say. I'll give him that. Yeah. It is It is cool. It is cool. But, like, I, so I was going to mention earlier when we were talking about just how um, – well, we were talking about how Chris Bryant fits in just because it's a very, like, humble environment, like, humble group of players. And not that Padres players aren't humble, but it's just so different, like, the energy – Obviously, like you have the Giants who are, you know, pretty laid back, kind of put their heads down, do their stuff. And then obviously, yeah, the Padres are out here with their home run chain. Machado's out there. He's out there. It's loud. It's like, whoa, it's just so different. It's really funny. Yeah, I got my I got the announcers screaming at me. I mean, every time I scroll through Instagram, (laughs) I just have to, like, turn down the volume, like all the way. Like, yeah, it's just funny seeing like. Because obviously I watch the Giants every day, and then I'll like see or hear like a Padres game or whatever. And it's because I'll just watch it if it's on, like it's baseball. But like it's just funny, like seeing the difference on a daily basis. It's like the whole run chain is out there, like spin it, spin it. I'm like, yeah. relax. Yeah, like you got Dave Fleming on one side going, and good, and then like <laughs> yeah. on the other side, you go, the crowd's out. <laughs> <laughs> Tatis, like, you know, makes a play right at him. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, everybody's freaking Tatis fields a ground ball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tatis makes a routine play. Everybody's screaming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Marissa, yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate talking to you. This was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, definitely you're welcome on any time. And we're probably going to bring you back. Uh, I was going to say, have me on whenever. Future. Yes. You, uh, you guys can follow Marissa on Twitter at... Marissa M A R I S S A, and then uh, L O G A N O X O. I should change my Twitter name. Yeah, Steve, so, we actually yeah, have a ahead. chat option now. We can throw that in. That might work out. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh. Yeah, so uh, follow her there, and uh, go ahead look at her work on Sports Rants. It's great. Look at her work on Forty Nine er Gold Mine. It's great as well, and uh, you will see her on the news or as the next day. Especially a friend of the program now, too. <laughs> friend of the program, yeah, absolutely. Oh, thank God. Friend of the show. Um, oh, love to see it. That's been yeah. my dream. Amy G show. declined the invite. You didn't, so you have climbed over <laughs> Amy her. Amy G just power kicked engine. you out. <laughs> we are not on good terms, even though she thinks that's three <laughs> dif- two different people. That uh, She thinks she declined a random person's podcast. And then she thinks she kicked a random person out of her seat. So I don't think she knows that I'm the same person. But we'll get good with her. We'll get on good terms, and she'll pop on. Um, But, yeah, Marissa, definitely appreciate you coming on. Thank you guys for having me. It was so much fun.
And you guys can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at RizzoCast. And, uh, of course, follow us here on No Filter Network. We're still new here. We're still kind of learning the ropes. And, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. And see you next time.